The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of the Pokemon Snapshot. Josh, there is so much news today, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing, let's just get into it. Nobody cares how I'm doing anyway, Jeff, so let's get into it. No, yeah, but no, really, and honestly, we haven't had a new episode in two weeks, but all this news came within the last week. So, it's not even like it was because we were gone for two weeks. But I know, but I know everyone missed us while we were gone. Yes. Everything's fine. We're still I'm, here. I missed you too, Josh. Well, I talk to you every day, so I never really had a chance to miss you, but <laughs> but I mean, ah, I still missed you. I haven't seen you in like five in person in like six years, five years, something like that. So. I know. Uh, all right, so let's just go on some news. The first news I have here was actually just announced today, I believe, uh, the day of this recording, which is the Friday before the episode comes out. And that is Pokemon TV is now going to be on Nintendo Switch. Now, here's something I don't understand, Josh. What is with Nintendo Switch and just, they have the most random video streaming apps. Like, they're, they're, you can't watch Netflix on Nintendo Switch, but you can watch Pokemon TV, YouTube, and Hulu. And those are the only three. I've actually watched Hulu on my Switch before. Um, and that was about the only video I've ever watched on my Switch in handheld mode. Yeah, I mean, I don't use any of those video apps because the, in handheld, Switch can't, you know, output to HD, and I already have an iPad, so if I'm going to watch in handheld, I'm just going to watch on my iPad, which can output into HD. Yep, same. So, but no, that is, f so for those of you following along uh, with the show, Pokemon TV has some of the episodes on that, not all the episodes, and I think they go through cycles of what episodes they put on it, but... It's great for kids that if you just want to sit them down in the front of the TV, uh, you, there's always tons of episodes on there that you can just have your kids watch. Yeah, if you need to distract your progeny while you do important things, you just throw the switch in front of them and let them entertain themselves. Yeah, well, I was going to say important things like paying bills or playing your Switch game, but I guess if you're making them watch on your Switch, which this is. But you can also get Pokemon TV. Uh, we have it on our Roku TV, and my daughter will watch it on there. So, that came out today, and now let's go in, and we're going to talk about the Pokemon Direct that happened last week, because there was a lot of news. So, I have all the news listed here, Josh, and so I'm just going to go through some of the news and stop me if you have some comments to make. So, let's first start with Pokemon Unite. Uh, the mobile version is releasing September 22nd. That's great. More gives more people a chance to play Pokemon. That is something that's always... I'm always looking forward more people to enjoy, you know, the the game I love. Well, I don't love Pokemon Unite, but just Pokemon <laughs> in general. Um, I kind of gave my opinions on Pokemon Unite. It's MOBAs just aren't for me. But some fun things happening with this. If 2.5 million people pre-register on mobile, Pikachu will be unlocked for everyone. So everyone will get Pikachu. That sounds like a lot of having to rely on other people. Like, I would it, it, not want to have to rely on other people for something like that. 
Yeah, and then if 5 million people pre-register, you get a special festival Hollowware outfit for Pikachu. And what a Hollowware outfit is, Josh, if you don't know, is you know how Thank in you. different MOBAs you can get, they call them skins, where it's different outfits for your character? Uh, yeah. Hollowware is just what they're calling skins in Pokemon Unite. So, oh, so it looks just, like Pikachu's of using attending skins, they a just Japanese... Yeah. Festival. Oh, that's fun. It's yeah. like in all the episodes where Pikachu just has some random episode or ra random episode, Lord, random outfit that he just appears in that <laughs> that he forces Ash to carry around in his knapsack. Yeah. Well, and I do, you know, and the skins are okay because you know people have to pay real money for them. But you know that's something I'm okay with them paying real money for it. Now we're not going to get into how Pokemon Unite is kind of pay to win, which is I hate pay to win mm -hmm. games. But there's some fun yep, outfits. Uh, you can get Snorlax in a bathing suit and like an inner tube. <laughs> um, Blastoise is going to be released on September 1st, and one of the outfits releases him wearing a nice little green vest and a bowler hat. So, <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, God, dude, my brain's not working tonight. We took two weeks off and I just can't think. It, it's okay. It'll come to you. Uh, some other stuff that's happened with Pokemon Unite, uh, Blissey has been released since our last episode. So mm -hmm. that's kind of exciting. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Blissey. I have uh, no idea what a Blissey is. It's the evolved form of Chansey. Oh, I didn't know that existed. Yes, it was a Generation 2 Pokemon. We'll, pro we'll get there eventually. Okay. Uh, but I've always been a fan of Blissey. I think because when I originally played Diamond and Pearl, I had a Blissey on my team and she was just a tank. Nice. Uh, and then also added to the game at a later date, they did not give a release date, is Mamoswine and Sylveon. So. <laughs> I like the name Mamoswine. Yeah, it's, it's the final evolved form of Swinub. Or Swinub. I'm actually who evolves into Pillow Swine and then it's Mammoth Swine. Nice. So that's the Pokemon Unite news. Uh, Pokemon Cafe Remix. They announced that Pokemon Cafe Remix is being revamped with new Pokemon puzzles and customization options. Comes out fall of 2021. I played the original. Not re Didn't really care for it. Probably won't play this version. Anything to say there, Josh? I don't even know what Pokemon Cafe is. See, so you know in like TV shows where they'll always include like a really stupid character that knows nothing about the world so that they can kind of like explain it to like the viewers or the audience that's watching it. I'm the really stupid, I'm the really stupid character on this show because <laughs> I know nothing. So I can just explain <laughs> things to you. I mean, it, yeah, it was like, a puzzle game. You, It was free. You can get it on your Switch or your mobile. I didn't enjoy the puzzle aspects of it. Uh, mm -hmm. so I played a little bit, then I just fell off and quit. By fell off means I think I played it for like a day, and then I'm like, no, I'm done. Uh, speaking of another game I played for like a day, then quit, uh, Pokemon Masters EX is celebrating its two-year anniversary. Uh, players will be able to team up with Hop and Zamazenta. Uh, Dynamaxing is coming to the game. Xerneas, Kiram, and Palkia are returning. Uh, and then N is returning with Reshiram in a new anniversary outfit, and a villains event is starting on September 15th. I'm sure I just said a ton of words. You have no idea what I meant. It was like hearing someone speak a foreign language for the first time. Uh, but yeah, so again, I played Pokemon Master ZX very shortly, never went back to it. 
Uh, I enjoyed it a little bit. It just it kind of got repetitive. Uh, all right, Pokemon Go news. As I said, there's a ton of news. I am flying through this. Uh, Wooloo, Swovet, and Phalanx will start appearing in the game. Those are from Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, because Galar Pokemon are going to start appearing. Uh, and Zacian and Zamazenta will appear in raids. Uh, other Pokemon for Galar have been announced. I don't have the list in front of me, so sorry. Uh, I was just going based off of what was in the Pokemon Direct, and then I noticed other things announced, and I forgot to write them in there. But just other Pokemon from Galar. Uh, Galarian Ma Meowth will be available. I remember seeing them, so uh, that is something. And then also, this did not come out in the Pokemon Direct, but uh, Niantic and Pokemon Go have put out a statement saying a distance to interact with Pokestops and Gems is going to go back to 80 meters. Remember the whole controversy? It, yeah, so explain that to me. So is it basically because of COVID they had made it yeah. further away? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because of COVID, they made it further away so people could interact from their houses, which depending on where you live, that doesn't help a whole lot. Right. Uh, but and then when they, they announced that on uh, August, July 1st or July 30th, this was all changing. I don't remember the exact date, but they announced that it was they were putting it back to 40 meters and people are like, but COVID is still a thing. You know, right. some people still can't leave their houses. But they actually, and you know, they said they put out that, you know, blanket statement of we will see, we will look at it and make our evaluations. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, but they did come out and say that the 80 meters is going to stay forever. It's always going to be oh, okay. 80 meters now, which is great. And, and no one in America knows how far 80 meters is. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and then they also said they will release more info on September 1st. So uh, hopefully well, September 1st is next week. So hopefully on the next episode, we will have some news what they release. All right. All right. Now to the two big meaty games that came out. Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Um, something exciting. Pokemon follow you in the overworld. I love when Pokemon follow you in the overworld. Um, the overworld as opposed to the underworld? I, I never played these games. You know, so Overworld, I just kind of put that as just a general video game statement. It's just, in the main game, Pokemon follow you. Your first, oh, like, like yeah. Pikachu and Pokemon Yellow? Yeah, like Pikachu and Pokemon oh. Yellow. So you can do that, you know, let's go Pikachu and Eevee, you can have your Pokemon follow you. Right. And so they did it in the Gold and Silver remake, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and people really enjoy it. So they brought it back for this game, which is great okay, because... Yeah. You know, my favorite thing is like when you have a big menacing Pokemon following you and then you just turn around and you pet it. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that too. I mean, I I had Eevee follow me and let's go Eevee and then obviously in Pokemon Yellow. But I honestly, I thought it's been a thing since Pokemon Yellow, but nope. I don't think I've played very many games since Yellow until I got let's go Eevee. Uh, they are going to introduce player customization for outfits, so that's exciting. I always love a customization, making my character look how I want. Mm -hmm. This wasn't in the original game. Uh, you can decorate your Pokeball with stickers for visual effects when Pokemon are released. So, like, for example, if you put, like, a confetti sticker on, you throw your Pokeball, because confetti will fly everywhere when, you, when your Pokemon is released. So, uh, I believe... I believe they had this in the original game, but, you know, it wasn't as 
you know, expansive because of the limitations of the Nintendo DS versus the Switch. Mm -hmm. uh, Pokemon contests are returned where you're going to play some sort of rhythm mini game. Uh, what's really cool is the underground returns where you decorate your lair or secret base and you can find rare items, which may lead to a secret underground areas called Pokemon hideaways where you can catch exclusive Pokemon. Uh, you Ooh, also use. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. And you also use statues to decorate the lair and they may influence the Pokemon you find in the underground bases. It also kind of sounds like the Pokemon equivalent of dogfighting, which I guess Pokemon battles in general are like the Pokemon world equivalent of dogfighting. So I yeah. guess, I mean, I guess it's fine. Maybe they have, are there, do you think they have unsanctioned battles in the Pokemon world or are any battles unsanctioned? Oh, that's right. You've never seen uh, Detective Pikachu, have you? I have not. Okay. So there is a fighting ring in Detective Pikachu they go to. Okay. So. I need to uh, watch that movie. I know. Maybe we'll watch it for a special sometime. That sounds like fun. Should I wait? Um, I think you should wait. Or should I watch it now? No, okay, no, no. I think you should wait until we get to the episode. Just okay, so. I'll go in blind. Yeah. So you go in blind. I think that'll be fun. Um, let's just t let our viewers know we talked about this about we're almost halfway to when we're going to do that episode. Excellent. Uh, so. Also with Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, a special Nintendo Switch Lite, which features Palkia and Dialga, Dialga, which is reminiscent of the special DS Lite when the games originally came out. So it looks very similar to the DS Lite that was uh, released when the games first came out. All right, and now the game, Josh, we've really been looking forward to, Pokemon, at least I have, Legends Arceus. Uh, so Pokemon Legends Arceus is going to take place in the Hisui region which is what the Sinnoh region was called before it was called Sinnoh. Uh, there are three cores in the game, the Medical, Security, and Survey Corps. It looks like you're going to be working a lot with the Survey Corps and trying to build out the Pokedex. Nice. Which is really cool. You're trying to make the very first Pokedex uh, because you're researching Pokemon. Uh, your job is to find new information about the Pokemon and research them. So, like, I think they give it, like, there's a Shinx, and you want to view the Shinx use the bite five times um the pokemon when you battle are gonna battle in two different styles the strength style and the agility style um so like if you use agility you're gonna attack a lot faster but they won't be as strong or strength it'll take you more time to do your attack but it's gonna be stronger overall okay and then something that you know Tyler and I, or even you and I, have made how scary the Pokemon world is. You know, we've told people how scary this world is. Wild right. Pokemon will even attack the trainer. Nice. What I've always wanted. So that, ten that year is old, some... Ten year olds going out to become Pokemon trainers and getting attacked by <laughs> wild Rhydons. <laughs> yeah. So, so watch out because you can get attacked by these Pokemon. And they did announce. Uh, Four new Pokemon for us. Uh, they announced Weirdeer, which is normal psychic, and it's an evolution of Stantler. They announced Bascu Legion, which is water ghost type, and it's an evolution of Basculin. And it kind of has this cool backstory. They mentioned the backstory is like a Bascu Legion becomes available when so many, when the souls of the Basculin combine to create a Bascu Legion. So a bunch of his friends Ooh. have to die in order to exist. I love how dark some of their, like, origin stories and things are. 
And then they also announced a Hisuian Braviary, which will be Psychic and Flying, which is a regional variant of Braviary, and a Hisuian Growlithe, which is Fire and Rock, and is a regional variation of Growlithe. So, that is exciting. That is all the news that came out of the Pokemon Direct. Josh, is there anything that stuck out to you? Um, I, I, I don't know. I saw the new trailer for, is it Arceus? Arceus. Say it? Arceus? Yes. Uh, and it looks pretty cool. I will very likely get that. Yes, Granted, uh, I haven't played a video game in like two months, so who knows? I still, I have Mass Effect, but I haven't even started it yet, so I want to go through that first. Adulting, it's not fun. It sucks. It's the worst. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, continuing on. That was a lot of information to throw at the beginning of our episode, so re- I want to remind everyone that last week we asked the question, what is your favorite evolution? And we came up with some answers. Uh, Danny Walker said Flareon. Kate Davi- Davis said Umbreon and Leafeon are my favorites. And then Lucas Green said Jolteon was my favorite when I was younger, but when Glaceon came out, I loved the design on it, and it's probably my favorite now. Uh, is that the one that I was like kind of trash talking on Twitter? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> It just looks like the things that like all the the uh like kids with like the little toboggan thing that has the little ear like hand pocket things that come down. That's what a Glaceon looks like to me. <laughs> yeah. Glaceon's always one of my favorites, so you know what, Josh? You 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 just keep bashing her no, or it. No ha- no hate to Lucas, but I mean all the hate I could muster to you, Jake. Uh, Jake, Jeff. Dude, I don't even know what I'm, what we're doing anymore. It's way too late, and school has done a number on me, starting back. So if I just start calling you random names, you know I know your real name. <laughs> All right, and then Jake. we did have, I did have a Facebook message from Kate Davis. She said, because uh, during the Porygon episode, or the episode after Porygon, you know, she mentioned using a gopher to get on the internet, and both Josh and I were mm-hmm. like, what's a gopher? <laughs> and so she she sent me a message explaining what a gopher was. Uh, she said, it is an internet, an internet gopher was the first generation of search engine. It was really, really basic, as there weren't many internet sites in 93. The term gopher used to refer to assistants who would go get things for people, go for coffee, go for food, etc., and because it sounded like gopher, they used it to call those assistant gophers. For some reason, the internet search engine were written as gopher. G-O-F-E-R. Well, thanks for the explanation, Kate. And yes. shout out to Kate Davis, because she responds to all of our questions every week. Appreciate she, that. She does. Which, uh, she, I, I know her through the Engage Family Gaming, which is the show I do on Thursdays on twitch.tv slash Engage Family Gaming. And, um... Kate is the EFG super fan, and so when I started this podcast, she she was able to migrate over. Uh, so let's so don't don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot, or you can send us an email at the Pokemon Snapshot at gmail dot com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app if you're choosing, so other Pokemon fans such as yourself can find the podcast. We also have some big news that just happened today. Big we now, news. Yes. We now have a Discord server you can join and chat with other fans of the show. Um, right now it's just me, Josh, and Kate. Kate did join. 
Okay, that was Kate. I didn't know who it was. I wasn't sure who yeah. Mega Mom was, but there we go. Yes. So, Kate, our, she's the EFG super fan. I'm also going to start calling her the Pokemon Snapshot super fan because she, she makes sure to interact with everything. But, yes, we do have a Discord server. You can It's just called Pokemon Snapshot. You can look it up. I also shared it on the Facebook page and the Twitter page. So... Come talk uh, so, to us. We're so come talk really to us. lonely and bored. Yes, we put many different listening channels. Uh, you know, even if you don't want to talk Pokemon, but there's different ones for all the new games coming out, the games that are out. Uh, we also, you know, if you just want to talk video games, anime, um, television, movies, or you just want to say hi, we're lonely. Please come check on us. We're not doing well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Josh, now, after all that, are we ready to get into the episode? I think I need to take a break. I'm kidding. Let's get into it. All right. So, today's episode is titled, Wake Up, Snorlax. And it was this actually one of the few episodes that had the same title in Japanese. So it was also called Wake Up Snorlax in Japanese. Um, it aired on April 23rd, 1998 in Japan. And that should be, yeah, then October 28th, 1998 in the United States. Um, I was about ready to be like, oh, that should say 97. But no, it is 98 because Porygon screwed everything up. Or Pikachu <laughs> Thanks, screwed everything. Pikachu screwed everything up. Made us have to and go... F- and then blamed it on Porygon. Yeah, hashtag justice for Porygon. Free Porygon. All right, uh, you ready to jump into this episode? Yes, let's do it. All right, uh, th- so it's called Wake Up Snorlax, so this focuses on Snorlax. I vividly remember playing uh, the games as a kid and just thinking that Snorlax had the greatest life in the world because all he did was eat and then he would sleep for months on end and then wake up only to eat again. Um, but now, well, we'll get into the episode and we'll see what the inspiration, at least what, in my head, what the inspiration for Snorlax was. So this is Wake Up Snorlax. The episode opens with Team Ash walking down some other trail, uh, as the narrator throws shade at Pikachu for keeping a watchful eye over the group, and by keeping a watchful eye over the group, I mean sleeping on top of Ash's backpack as they walk. The group happens upon some dirty old hippie that is like the Canto version of Jerry Garcia. Um, if so, do you know who Jerry Garcia is? Uh, uh Grateful Dead. Yes, he is the guitar Ooh, player I, and one I of the lead singers for the Grateful Dead. I'm proud of you too. Okay, so he oh, has a bit a of little... Jerry's flavor named after him. Oh uh, yeah, Jerry Garcia. So, he he also had a Beanie Baby named after him, I believe. I did not know that. Okay, so here's a little insight into into my life and my interest so um as far as music goes like probably my favorite of all the genres out there is the jam band genre of which the grateful dead were like the pioneers so it was like rock bands that improvise basically now there's a ton of them out there probably the most prominent out there right now is fish i'm gonna make a lot of jam band related jokes um in this episode that most of you are probably not gonna get so if i make a joke and you don't get it well, that's why. So I just wanted to preface everything here with that. Um, yeah, and so this guy, yeah, you are right in describing him as a hippie. I mean, he's seen, I want to be on what he's on. Like, he talked in that stereotypical hippie voice going, hey, man. 
<laughs> I'm horrible with impressions, so don't judge me on my impression there, but that that is that what the, he was like. That was that was a decent hippie impression. So, oh, and I'm also I don't think they say his name, do they? No. Okay, so for the remainder of the episode, I'm just going to call him Jerry. Okay. Um so Jerry takes out his polka flute and plays a tune. Team Ash is transfixed as if this were Hate Ashbury in the mid sixties. Uh, Jerry claims, "Now that you've heard my music, you have to give me some food," which is remarkably remarkably similar to what it's like to walk down Shakedown Street um, at a fish show. Um, so, yeah, I'm not gonna go into my whole jam band tangent. I've been to a lot of concerts. Um, so, what Shakedown Street is? Is it this also originated with? Uh, the Grateful Dead. Um, one of their songs is called Shakedown Street. But so people used to follow around the Grateful Dead. Like hundreds of thousands of people would just like follow them and go to all the shows on their tour. Um, and so they would basically set up like these little mini cities outside the venues at each uh, at each concert. And what Shakedown was, was like it was basically like the, sh- the main street where people would set up like there would be vendors for food. And people would like sell their artwork and clothes and, and like their like healing crystals and stuff like that. Um, so I mean, and it was like a huge thing that has continued with Fish uh, now, who's kind of like the the big leading jam band. But um, it's v- when when you meet the people at those shows, uh, especially like the Custy Wooks, who are like I don't even know how these people are still alive. Just the people that do nothing but go to shows, they will like barter. <laughs> They'll like try to barter things with you. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's like part a of flea that is market. like, yeah, it's like a flea market, but all the people there actually have fleas. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so his his line about now that you've heard my music, you have to give me some food made me die out laughing. It was like maybe. <laughs> Maybe these people actually do know what what it's like to go see the dead or fish. I'm I was too young. I was five years old when Jerry died and when um uh, the Grateful Dead broke up. But they've had a bunch of different iterations, like further, and now they have Dead and Company that John Mayer tours with. Um, but the the Grateful Dead is like as far as like writing music is like that perfect combination of like like magical lyrics. The dude that wrote all their lyrics is like a modern day poet like that would have been up there with like Wordsworth or Coleridge if he had been alive at that time like the dude's lyrics are magical I will stop my whole jam band tangent because if we could talk I could talk for like another two and a half hours but we need to get you to bed on time <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I did really enjoy that you know now you gotta play the food one thing I did like about this whole scene here was Pikachu was asleep, and he woke up when the hippie started playing the poke flute, which is kind of some foreshadowing mm-hmm. for what the poke flute is used to do, do here because he heard the sonnet. Uh, so, so I really enjoy this. Also, when he goes, you know, now that I played for you, you owe me some food. I kind of had a same situation when I was in Paris like ten years ago. So, here, long story short, so we're coming down from the Arc de Triomphe. It is also my birthday. Um, mm-hmm. and this guy grabs my arm and he starts putting a friendship bracelet on it. And he's like, tell me how great this is. You know, he's like telling, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And then after he puts on me, he goes, ask me for some money for it. 
That's very forward, forward of this guy. It it was, and I'm looking at him like, uh, no, you just put this on my arm. I go, it's my birthday. You should be giving it to me. Uh-huh. And he goes, no, no. And so the next thing I know, he pulls out a little knife. I'm like, oh, no, am I going to get killed here? And then he, <laughs> he cuts the friendship bracelet off my wrist and looks at me and goes, bad luck for you. <laughs> friendship over. Friendship denied. Yeah, so he like I guess he cursed my whole family that day. Yeah, and so but it was the same thing. He I didn't ask for this. He just started putting a friendship bracelet around my wrist. You can't force friendship though, guy. Uh, I know. And then he mm. cursed me at the end of it. <laughs> well, maybe because he tried to force the friendship, the curse never landed. Because you seem to be doing pretty well for yourself. That could be. Mm-hmm. Um. So, unfortunately, Team Ash are like a bunch of wooks at a Disco Biscuits concert and have nothing to share with Jerry. Do you want me to explain that joke? It's something to do with music. Just go on. Okay. Uh, Suddenly affected by their contact high with the old man, Team Ash realizes that they haven't eaten in a while. Uh, I feel like uh, if I were walking as much as they do, food would be like the number one thing on my priority list, but this is Ash we're talking about, so... Too little, so, too late. Yeah, so during this scene, I'm just wondering, do you think they don't pack enough, or do they pack the right amount and they're just not good at rationing it out to each other? Um, I would say it's probably the rationing thing, because Ash isn't smart enough to realize, like, uh, we probably can't eat all eight cans of ravioli right now. <laughs> like, we need to <laughs> save it for later. Uh. Uh, the scene cuts to Jerry playing for Team Rocket. It was there. Kind of wasn't a great transition here. Suddenly he's playing. Uh, Jerry's playing for Team Rocket, uh, but they insult his music, and he declares that they have bad vibes. You know, during this scene, I think that Team Rocket were just jealous that they never thought of doing something like that to get people to give them food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're always thinking of food, just like Team Ash is here. But yeah, they're like, they're he just... probably demanded food, and like, man, I wish I would have thought of that first. <laughs> uh, Team Ash makes it to the nearest town but is d- dismayed to find that there is no more food left in town which is the most ridiculous thing there's no food in the entire town uh, for some reason the guy sounds like Lumiere that's telling them this he sounds like Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast yeah it was really weird it, it was very stereotypical because he was the baker so they're like oh he's a baker he's making French baguettes he must be French Mm-hmm. Uh, also, instead of a bakery, the sign just had a giant piece of bread. <laughs> I assume it's because they had the kanji for bakery and they couldn't fit the word on the sign. But it's just funny because it's just a giant loaf of bread on the sign. I mean, you can't you can't be confused by what they sell in the store. I guess it's like you're not gonna walk in and they're selling like bicycles or something. Um. But they should because that's a very you know lucrative business. Lucrative business, <laughs> million dollars a bike. <laughs> um, some other random guy shows up and brings them to his house to feed them, and it's nice to see them actually wait to be invited somewhere before barging in. Uh, the man explains that the river has dried up, so all the produce is also dried up. He takes them to the river to show them that it has dried up for some reason. Um, I just said dried up like fifty times. Uh, Brock makes a super astute observation that you can't grow anything without water. All right, so I believe this is where we learn that this guy is actually the mayor of the town. <laughs> so, which makes you feel horrible for the townspeople. He is hoarding all this food. He's like, I don't know, we're starving, but it's okay. I have enough. 
<laughs> which um, is very, very, very typical of a politician. <laughs> it, it, it is, but he's just like, oh, no, our town is starving, but just come eat here. I have all the food. <laughs> he went into these people's houses and took the food away from them. If 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 I'm not alive, then no one's here to run the town. <laughs> uh, the the team decides to go upstream to look for any obstructions uh, for the river. But when the guy, who's actually the mayor, warns against it, Ash says that they're always ready for anything, you know, except for winter in the mountains, swimming to the North Pole, and any other examples that you can think of. Yeah, I don't have the list in front of me, but I could go through it again if I did. Uh, to well, that be doesn't really help us here, Jeff. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, to be fair, Ash wasn't even ready for his first gym battle. So, and also, did anyone else think to go up to the river to check and see what was causing the problem? Or are they just going to say, they'll be like, I have no idea. Yeah, like everyone's just sitting in their houses while the mayor rummages through their cabinets to steal all their food. Like, what are these people doing? Um, they find that the river has been obstructed by a bunch of thorns. They whip out their Pokemon, uh, who begin to help them make it through. Missy tries to throw out Starmie, but accidentally throws out Psyduck, um, which causes me to wonder if Misty is actually more of an idiot than we give her credit for, because she's always seemed like the, the, the most with it out of the trio. Um, but maybe she's an idiot too. Uh, once through the thorns, they find a spring containing the source of, a pro- uh, the, source of the problem, a Snorlax blocking the water from the spring. Yeah, and I'm going to go back on your comment about Misty because it's not like Psyduck just hopped out of the Pokeball like he usually does. She was searching through her Pokeballs and goes, oh, this one. And then out comes Psyduck instead of Starmie. Yeah, so can you really blame Psyduck here? No, but she did. She does. Um, They try to wake up the Snorlax with a megaphone and then by moving it, but the Pokedex informs them that it only wakes up to eat and it is the heaviest known Pokemon unless Ash's stupidity is a Pokemon, in which case... That is the heaviest Pokemon in existence. Um, to illustrate this point, Ash throws a Pokeball at the Snorlax that bounces off of its bulbous belly and falls to the ground. So this scene frustrated me, and the only reason it frustrated me is there have been many scenes that Ash has tried to catch a Pokemon without battling it, and it never goes well for him. you think he'd learn by now. We are 43 episodes in. You'd think, but here we are. Uh, among the thorns, Team Rocket watches Team Ash. They take the strange approach of pretending to film the Snorlax for, like, some weird news report thing that they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that that was a little weird. But I did like seeing that old uh, school camera, you know, the one you hold on your shoulder like an old movie mm-hmm. film uh, recorder. Yep. Uh, my grandma had one of those for the longest time, and she would take it to all family events and would film everything. Yeah, I always like when things are like kind of a product of their time or stuff like that 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 is a product of its time. Like I'm I think I told you and I've mentioned on here a while back I've been listening to the uh Percy Jackson books that came out in like the mid 2000s. Um and I was listening to the third one and they mentioned something about Jesse McCartney. Like they're at a school dance and they they're listening and dancing to Jesse McCartney and I was like I would have just left something. I wouldn't have even added that in because it definitely dates the book. Yeah. Mm. Although Jesse McCartney was Roxas in the King Kingdom Hearts book or Kingdom Hearts game, so at least he he wasn't just known for his crappy teenage music. <laughs> um. 
So Meowth flies over in the hot air balloon and releases some cables to pick up the Snorlax. And as Meowth is trying to pick up Snorlax, it cuts to a commercial break. So we are going to cut to our Who's That Pokemon segment. Who's That Pokemon? All right. Our Who's That Pokemon for this week is Snorlax, or in Japanese as he's known, Kabagon. Um... Some basic information about Snorlax. He's number 143 in the Pokedex. He is a normal type. He's 6 foot 11 inches tall. He weighs 1,014.1 pounds. He is known as a sleeping Pokemon. He does not evolve, but he does have a Gigantamax form. That sounds like the dream to me. Sleep all the time and then just gain weight. And not have to worry about it. And just have it be part of your personality. Like, it's not a weight. It's not a health issue. Yeah, I mean, it's like part of your strength. And you weigh like a full metric ton. Yeah, not quite. It isn't metric ton 2,000. You're half a ton. I don't know, dude. I'm just... (laughs) I'm trying to make jokes here. I'm not trying to be accurate. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, uh, Snorlax's origins... Uh, his name origin. Uh, Snorlax is a combination of snore and lax or relax. I mean, pretty simple there. His Japanese name origin. Kabagon may come from the alternate reading of sleep. B. In a corruption of kinsui, which means snoring, or iku, which means rest. It may also incorporate kabi, which means mold, noting the fact that Snorlax will eat anything, even moldy food. Cabagon is also based on the nickname of Game Freak programmer Koji Nishino, which is the reason that his game appearance used uses Snorlax as his highest level Pokemon in Black 2 and White 2. Wait, so is, is Koji really fat? Is that what they're trying to say? I have no idea. I have never seen the man. Um, what is Snorlax based off of? Snorlax may be loosely based on hibernating bears, giant pandas or teddy bears it may also be based on the cave bear in addition it may also be based on a food coma as it eats large quantities of food then takes a nap both of which are symptomatic of the condition snorlax also shares traits with sloths who are often portrayed as lazy and sleepy creatures that is called the itis when you eat a bunch of food and then you fall asleep it's called the itis the itis Mm-hmm. you get the itis and then you fall asleep uh, he's not fat by American standards. Okay, but maybe by Japanese standards? Maybe so. I'm not sure what they consider fat or not. Uh, did I ever tell you the story of when I went to Japan and we, for my birthday, we went to TGI Fridays in Tokyo? And and this kind of going on tangent. You were in Tokyo. You were in Tokyo, and you went to TGI Fridays, <laughs> Jeff. I I'm, know. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm angry at you after the fact i'm disappointed uh, i'm not angry at you i'm disappointed but no so we go and one of the people in our group asked uh you know they had salads and said half salad or full salad and someone asked them what's the difference you know what's the size difference and our mm-hmm. waiter's uh response was half salad japanese size full salad american size <laughs> that's pretty good so yeah uh, we had a really good waiter because uh, it was also my 21st birthday and he looks at me and he goes, Ooh. why are you here? Why are you not in America? 
they they don't want the the Japanese folks to have to deal with you on your twenty first birthday. Yeah. Well, in Japan, the drinking age was twenty. So, uh, all right, going back to Snorlax. Snorlax biology. Snorlax is a huge bipedal dark blue green Pokemon with a cream colored face, belly, and feet. Its body is composed of mostly its belly, as its limbs are comparatively <laughs> small. Its head is large with small pointed ears and two pointed teeth protruding from its lower jaw. It has round feet, which both have three claws and a circular brown paw pad and short arms with five claws on each hand. Snorlax's bulk makes it the heaviest normal type Pokemon. Its body is composed of mostly its belly. (laughs) I don't know why that sentence makes me laugh, but it does. Uh... Snorlax is often found in mountains and forests. It wakes up only to eat, requiring 900 pounds or 400 kilograms of food per day before returning to its slumber. It is not a picky eater as its strong stomach allows it to eat even moldy food without feeling any ill effects. It can even handle thorny plants or muck's poison. It can also eat while it is resting. Snorlax is docile enough to let children and small Pokemon bounce on its large stomach. Uh, Snorlax can show awesome power when prompted as Gigantamax Snorlax seeds and small rocks that were tangled in its belly fur go through immense growth and a tree sprouts upon its belly. The tree has three red clouds surrounding it like a circle. It almost never moves even when in battle. It only slightly lifts its body and attacks by flailing with its arms and legs. However, its attacks are very powerful. Gigantamax Snorlax is considered to be the strongest Dynamax Pokemon to have been discovered. Uh, It is the only known Pokemon capable of using the exclusive Z-move Pulverizing Pancake and G-Max move G-Max Replenish. So Pulverizing Pancake, is that literally just like flattening the the opposing Pokemon? Yeah, like a giant body slam, I guess. How do these other Pokemon not die? I, yeah, I... Like, don't know. like a Pikachu going up against a Gigantamaxed uh, Snorlax should just be like yeah, nothing ha- but goo. Have you seen Gigantamax Snorlax? No. You want me to look it up? Yeah, you should look it up because it looks pretty cool. And while you're looking it up, I'm going to go through some Pokedex entries. Because there's a lot of them on Snorlax. Because they, each one gave a little more information. Uh, Red and Blue says, It's very lazy, just eats and sleeps. As its rotund bulk builds, it becomes steadily more slothful. So I don't, just that doesn't growing. sound lazy. That doesn't sound lazy to me. That sounds like you have life figured out. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Gold says, what sounds like its cry may actually be its snores or the rumblings of its hungry belly. Uh, Pokemon Silver says, its stomach's digestive juices can dissolve any kind of poison. It can even eat things off the ground. I mean, so can a toddler. <laughs> but we don't <laughs> congratulate them for that. We reach into their mouth and pull it out before they choke themselves to death. (laughs) Uh, Pokemon Crystal says, this Pokemon's stomach is so strong, even eating moldy or rotten food will not affect it. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire says, Snorlax's typical day consists of nothing more than eating and sleeping. It is such a docile Pokemon that there are children who use its expansive belly as a place to play. They don't have bouncy castles in the Pokemon world. They just throw out a couple of Snorlax and let the kids go to town. <laughs> uh, Fire Red said, It is not satisfied unless it eats over 880 pounds of food every day. When it is done eating, it goes promptly to sleep. Uh, 
Pokemon Sun says its stomach is said to be incomparably strong. Even Muck's poison is nothing more than a hint of spice on Snorlax's tongue. <laughs> That's a strange description. <laughs> nothing more than a hint of paprika. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pokemon Moon says it eats nearly 900 pounds of food every day. It starts nodding off while eating and continues to eat even while it's asleep. I, I feel you, Snorlax. I think that happens to be sometimes, too, after a long day of work. Yeah. Uh, Ultra Sun says, It doesn't do anything other than eat and sleep. When prompted to make a serious effort, though, it apparently displays awesome power. So Apparently, I guess. Apparently. Uh, Ultra, We're not sure. Ultra, uh, Ultra Moon says, It has no interest in anything other than eating. Even if you climb up on its stomach while it's napping, it doesn't seem to mind at all. Uh, and then, this is actually in the wrong order on our list, but I found new Pokemon Snap. I, I kind of like how they describe things, so I threw in the new Pokemon Snap one here. So this is technically not a Pokedex entry, it is a Photodex entry. And it says, after eating roughly its own weight in food, Snorlax develops a truly keen-sized belly. It doesn't seem to mind if smaller Pokemon decide to use its belly as a bed. <laughs> And then a uh, couple... It, it is the perpetual Big Spoon. Which is kind of scary. Like, if it, that, that thing, you're going to get crushed. Yeah, what if, what if it wakes up and it's just, like, super hungry and, like, doesn't stop to, like, look around and just takes a big old bite out of a Growlithe? <laughs> uh, and then uh, some Gigantamax Pokedex entries. Pokemon Sword says... A Gigantamax energy has affected stray seeds and even pebbles that got stuck to Snorlax, making them grow to a huge size. And then mm -hmm. Pokemon Shield says, Terrifyingly strong, this Pokemon is the size of a mountain and moves about as much as one as well. Yeah, I looked up a picture of them. They look pretty cool, but it, it is kind of a... Like, who is sitting there thinking, like, oh, let's just put a big tree in the middle of the Snorlax, and that'll be his Gigantamax form. I mean, it makes sense. It's like he stayed around so long that mo that plants just started growing all over him. Yeah. But yeah, it so does, that but... that is our Who's That Pokemon segment on Snorlax. Who's That Pokemon? Back in the episode, Ash and Brock reasoned that this will help solve their problem of Snorlax blocking the river, so they helped Team Rocket strap Snorlax up while Pokemon... About Pokemon... While Pikachu guides the balloon with the air traffic controller light baton things, which made me giggle. It was pretty cute watching Pikachu direct traffic with his little light baton things. Uh, unfortunately, the cables were uh, too weak, and they snap, sending Meowth flying. Yeah, I, I will say, I did laugh too. I liked, he was like going, come on, come on in. <laughs> I, air traffic controller light batons, I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I, um, I don't know what those are called either, but it, it was fun watching it. Uh, both groups try other ways of waking up Snorlax, including having their, quote, noblest Pokemon kiss the Snorlax, an idea they got from Sleeping Beauty. So, during this scene, did you notice how much the Sleeping Beauty in the picture looked like Princess Peach? And I don't know if this was intentional. I did not notice that. Uh, she had a pink dress with a short, puffed sleeves, a frilled collar, a gold-trimmed brooch, a crown, earrings, and blonde hair. She looked very much like Princess Peach. Interesting, I might have to go back and check that out. Um, again, before me, uh, Misty can throw out a Pokemon, Psyduck jumps out and kisses the Snorlax, but to no avail. I think I missed earlier when S 
side duck jumped out on its own and Missy didn't actually actually release it, or did she release it earlier? Uh, it's really confusing. Like he did jump out in the middle of the thorns, and maybe she just didn't put him away. Well, if if it's true that he jumped out on his own, then I my apologies on my uh for my attacks on Misty's intelligence. Um, regardless, she's still whatever happened. She's still the least moronic of the group, so she's got that going for her. Yeah. Um, Team Rocket forces Meowth to kiss the Snorlax, which, considering Team Rocket is super rich, will uh, end in the judge of the trial claiming Team Rocket has a bright future ahead of them and letting them off with no charges. Uh, However, Meowth's kiss causes the Snorlax to stir, and Ash discovers a Do Not Disturb sign under the giant Pokemon. The sign says to play the polka flute in order to wake the Snorlax. They remember Jerry from earlier, and both Team Ash and Team Rocket rush off to find him. Okay, so I have a couple things about this scene. When Meowth was being forced to kiss Snorlax, he just kept yelling, The hygiene! The hygiene! <laughs> and I yeah, laughed that at that. Uh, so that made me laugh. Also, when he finally does kiss Snorlax, I mean, Snorlax makes the most disgusted look on his face and just looks like he's going to throw up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I made that Brock Turner joke um, about forcing himself. Onto the onto the Snorlax. Uh, Jerry is still laying on a rock with his heady crystals around his neck when Team Ash catches up to him. Team Rocket also shows up, and they end up getting into a battle for who gets to take the old hippie with them. Uh, but with one quick gust attack, Pidgeotto sends Team Rocket gusting off again. Uh, this is the second time recently that Team Rocket has been eliminated really early in the episode. So, sometimes I feel like the writers think they have to insert Team Rocket, but they don't actually know what to do with them. I Mm -hmm. mean, you'll see this a lot, especially uh, if an episode is centered around a gem battle. So, Team Ash brings Jerry back to the Snorlax, and he compliments Snorlax on its girth before revealing that it is, in fact, his own Pokemon. He says he only stops by to wake the Snorlax once a month, but he was running a little late because his chakras just hadn't quickly aligned. Um or they hadn't quite aligned, and he forgot to do it. He plays the song, and the Snorlax wakes up. So why doesn't he just have them sleep in their Pokeballs? That's just the question I had. I feel it is incredibly inconsiderate to just let them lay down wherever, especially since this particular one blocked off a whole river. <laughs> I mean, he might be responsible for some for the deaths of people that like starve to death because of this. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not very heady, Jerry. Um, Team Ash is dismayed to find that the river still isn't flowing because there are more thorns blocking it. But suddenly the Snorlax begins munching on the vines and Jerry claims that it must have a case of the munchies and I died laughing at that part. Um, The Pokedex says that the Snorlax is not satisfied until it has had 900 pounds of food and then it goes back to sleep, which honestly just sounds like stereotyping to me. Maybe that's why Snorlax has always been one of my favorite Pokemon. I just relate to him. Yeah, <laughs> same. Uh, soon the river is back to normal, and the mayor declares that they'll hold a special banquet for the occasion, so they're going to take all the food that he stole from all the townspeople earlier and have a big banquet with their own food. Uh, everyone, having been in close contact with the Snorlax while he, quote, ate the vines, uh, loves the idea of eating all the banquet food. Yeah, I hate to say, this is not how crops work. It's like, I don't, they're like, ooh, the river's back. Oh, we have our food. No, you (laughs) have to wait for them to grow. Uh, If Snorlax and the vines were blocking off the river, they would need to wait for all the crops to grow and they have their food. It doesn't just magically appear. 
Yeah. Um, somewhere back in the woods, Team Rocket is hobbling away on walking sticks when they run into Jerry and Snorlax. Jerry says that Snorlax has gone back to sleep and won't wake back up to move off the path for another month or so. As Jerry leaves to go wake up another Snorlax, he tells Team Rocket to keep on trucking. And now I'm convinced that the writers knew exactly what they were uh, referencing here, considering trucking is one of the more popular Grateful Dead songs. Um, as the episode ends and Team Rocket breaks out into tears at the thought of waiting for the Snorlax to wake up, it rolls over onto them and crushes them, ending the episode in the biggest tonal shift uh, in the entire series. I mean, besides the fact of the episode where Ash ran over them with a bike and, and a boat ran them over. <laughs> they, all, they, love, they love, like, basically killing Team Rocket at the end of every episode. It's like Kenny, but the, Kenny from South Park, but they never go the full measure and actually murder them. <laughs> uh, so, what were your thoughts on this episode? Because uh, I know you told me you loved it. Uh, this is my favorite episode that we've done so far, probably because of Jerry. And it was just really funny to me. And I got to talk about jam bands, but no, this is my favorite episode. Cause it was, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty ridiculous and it could have easily, the whole thing could have easily been solved if Jerry hadn't been super inconsiderate and like, uh, um, just kept the Snorlax and pokeballs. But I feel like this is all a big ruse of his to get people to give him food. He was like, he was like, I'll move the Snorlax if you feed me. Yeah. Um, again, I really like this episode too. I, as I said, Snorlax is one of my favorite Pokemon. So any episode centered around Snorlax, and there's a couple in season one and two. So the, so it's always fun just seeing Snorlax and it's also, I just love episodes where Ash and team rocket works together because they have such a weird dynamic with each other. Same. And so that That's always makes it fun as well. Yep, I agree. That's one of my favorites too. All right, so our question for this week: If you could eat nine hundred pounds of something, what would you eat? Lasagna, like Snorlax, lasagna, lasagna, dude. To... I'm like I'm like Garfield with lasagna. I love it. Pizza, I I love myself some pizza. I mean, you know this. You know I love pizza. Mm -hmm. What what kind of pizza do you eat? pepperoni pizza i'm nice. i'm basic when it comes to pizza though i i can i have really found to love some uh buffalo chicken pizza if it's made correctly it has a good buffalo nice. sauce or give a chicken some... bacon ranch pizza Ooh, that all sounds good but give me supreme or give me death i love supreme pizza oh no don't don't put that green stuff on my pizza <laughs> that rabbit food <laughs> yeah i don't eat vegetables on my pizza uh, or cookies i do love me some cookies too Oh, 900 pounds of cookie sounds great. Pie? Cake? <laughs> dude, have you ever... Dude, do they have nothing bunt cake in um in Michigan? Nothing bunt cake? Yeah. It's like the, no. all they sell is bunt cake, and it's it's literally the best store-bought dessert you can get anywhere ever. Like, uh, I... Today, I bought... Uh, there's this place where I work in the town I work, uh, called Insomnia Cookies. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I, I may... Yeah. Yeah, I had, uh... I had one of my clients graduated, so I bought a dozen cookies for his... in uh, his last session party, and then I bought a dozen to bring home as well. Nice. Good. Yeah, Insomnia Cookies are delicious. Yes. Um... Alright, and so, if you want to tell us what you would eat if you could eat 900 pounds of something... 
Uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot or send us an email at the Pokemon Snapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app if you're choosing so other Pokemon fans uh, such as yourself can find the podcast. And don't forget uh, also, we have a new Discord server. It's a it's a yes, big deal yes. in the Pokemon Snapshot Snapshot world right now. Yes, Discord. I hear that's what all the cool kids are doing, so we did it. That doesn't make us cool, but we did it. We're trying. Uh, so, that's it for this week's episode. So please, join us next week when we will be watching Showdown at Dark City. Dark City.